Hello and welcome to another episode of Viper Rambles, starting with the topic, after all the updates is it finally safe to play GG Online on PC? So there has been a lot of talk about whether or not Rockstar has actually put in IP shielding into GG Online. If there was good IP shielding, it would mean we wouldn't need to use VPNs anymore. We wouldn't risk being DDoS just by going in online. People wouldn't be able to see your IP address with a simple network monitor. And so it was obvious they did something. But I have been sent a message from a person with a mod menu, and uh, he says this. GTA still compromises your IP. Mod menus can even see the IP of the Rockstar Games Relay your information is going through. Players are playing network syncing, like making sure two players are standing in the same spot for both of their game clients, is still peer-to-peer. -peer. From what it seems, the relay intended to obscure your IP is essentially useless. Probably only there to make sure people who aren't fucking with your stats or something. I don't know exactly what they do. But apart from needing a VPN and or Guardian, you're good to go back into online. Feel free to show this on stream. And yeah, so he's like, patch this information. Yeah, so it's still visible apparently. I had heard this whispered by some other people. Yeah, so unsurprisingly, uh, Rockstar's patch to make things a little bit more secure has made things a little bit more secure, but it's done a little more than that. YouTube CEO to be replaced by an NFT bro. One quick ramble to get out of the way is obviously Susan Wojcicki. The now former CEO of YouTube stepping down. Are they former right now or they former in the future? I don't know exactly when that shift of title happens, but whatever. To start with, she apparently released like a, a write-up saying why she was leaving, what's going to happen now. Uh, and I want to say the format of this is awful on this page. Personal update from Susan on stepping back from her role as CEO of YouTube. And what is this? How, how, how can I fit this on the screen? There you go. Okay. I mean, the main thing here is uh, she wants to start a new chapter focused on family, health, and personal projects that she's passionate about. As like, yeah, she's been there for 25 years, being CEO for, what, almost a decade. At that point, you've probably got quite a bit of money. You get to an age where she's like, how about I just go do stuff that I want to do? I mean, doing anything for 25 years is pretty nuts. Like, I've been asked here, do you see any big changes happening or anything you might like changed in the platform? such as demonetization being relaxed, live streams being easy to find, or some other changes on the back end. As far as whether there's going to be changes, I don't know how instrumental the CEO is in the decisions that happen at YouTube. Like, surely it's not just like a authoritarian dictatorship where Susan's like, I want the entire platform shut down tomorrow! Between the hours of 12 and 2, and everyone just has to do that. I, I just don't think that's how it works. So I don't know how instrumental Susan was in everything that's happened over the last 10 years. But I don't think, as a whole, YouTube's done particularly bad over the last 10 years. So it could certainly get worse. It could also get better. Who knows? I don't know enough about how much of a role the CEO of YouTube had. I'm sure it wasn't insignificant, but was it a determining factor? Who knows? One thing that does have me concerned, though, is uh, the word currently on the replacement for Susan is uh, the chief product officer, Neil Mohan for the new head of YouTube position. And uh, speculation here, well not speculation, I mean he's outright said this stuff. Folks, the new boss of YouTube is literally the guy who came up with the idea of NFT integration. He's an all-round crypto metaverse web3 show. YouTube is gonna get so much worse. I mean, we don't know that for certain, but you and me are probably like, well obviously NFTs are dead and no one really gives that much shit about crypto anymore, right? This web3 thing, like how many scams, how, much, how many billions of dollars people lost, how many companies, went to insane evaluations and just exploded overnight because of how terrible all this stuff was. Like, you'd think on the base of that, 
everyone's like, well, oh, clearly this is going nowhere. But there's still some people, some diehard holdouts that are like, no, man, it's going to happen, bro. We just need the right crypto scam. I mean, currency. It'll happen. So who knows how committed this guy is to this stuff and how much he's you know, accepted the reality of how stupid all that shit was. But who knows? Like, I like to think that all these NFT bros have now just moved on to AI. AI is the new hot thing, and so they're trying to find a way to use AI to scam people and get their money through that avenue rather than using NFTs. But I said in response to this, I want to be remembered fondly, so be sure to replace me with literally the worst conceivable person. That way, I can look good by comparison and people will miss me. Susan, probably. <laughs> I mean, like, imagine that, because, like, a lot of people do not like Susan Wojcicki, and that's what happens when you're the face of a company. The, uh, as large as YouTube, anytime there's something bad happens at YouTube, it's like, oh, that's Susan Wojcicki, regardless of how actually involved she was. Because it's not like people know the name of the head engineer on floor 17 or something. It's Susan Wojcicki. She's the face of the company. So she will get the shaking of the fists. But it will be funny if this guy is just absolutely terrible. And so some years from now, people are like, man, I missed the era of YouTube where Susan Wojcicki was in charge. Ah. Oh. What a wonderful time that was. Never said a bad word about Susan Wojcicki. It's kind of harsh though. Uh, shouldn't you wait to see what he does for judging him so hard? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know this guy. And words he's said in the past aren't necessarily going to be indicative of what he's going to do in the future. Nothing could change. Everything could change. We just don't know. It's just like if this guy was on record being like, I love punching puppies in the face. Oh boy. Puppy punching in the face is my favorite thing to do. I love it. If I had power in this world, I'd get everyone to punch puppies in the face all day. And then if such a person was given power, we'd be like, I'm kind of worried he's going to start making people punch puppies in the face. I mean, we don't know for certain, but I am a little bit concerned. <laughs> that kind of thing. We don't know, but at the same time, obviously there's going to be some picking at words that uh, have been said in the past to attempt to predict the future. Ray William Johnson's insane return. So I'm sure I've talked about this once before, but it's become even more of a thing, so I want to talk about it again. So Ray William Johnson, you all likely know as once upon a time the largest content creator on YouTube with his uh, series, in a sense, doing commentary on viral videos at the time. He actually lost his court cases in regards to fair use, which was interesting. And it's a thing where that'd be on like the borderline of acceptability to me. I mean, if he got consent, is he really transforming the clips? Again, clips are sort of a borderline thing in regards to where I think it's ethical. And it often just depends on the usage. But regardless, eventually he stopped running the channel. Uh, he moved to Facebook, was getting some views on there. And he's come back to YouTube recently just doing shorts. And he got 300 million views last month and 200,000 subscribers. Watch this jump, like 2 million views and then boom. Ah. <laughs> 300 million views pretty consistently. Like if you had told me like in 2020, hey man, Ray William Johnson gonna be coming back to YouTube, gonna be getting 300 million views a month, I'd be like, yeah, stop lying. What, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you, what are you smoking, my dude? Of course, these aren't real views in terms of video views. Like he's not making $18 million a year. He's not moist critical levels here, you know. He's doing shorts and a lot of it is sort of like what he used to do in the past where he'll find clips of something interesting and he'll like show himself, show the clip, and then do some commentary on it. And honestly, I don't really have much of a problem with this kind of content. This is, this is kind of fine as far as I'm concerned. It's short clips being used in a, in a creative way. But it's just interesting that he lost his court cases 
back in the day, basically doing the same kind of stuff. And now he's back doing basically the exact same stuff without a care in the world because it's, it's just so much more a part of what people do now that he's not going to be taken to, uh, to court over this anymore. Yeah, I just found it interesting. The revival of an ancient creator from the dead, kind of. YouTube's increasingly restrictive policies are getting ridiculous. So the act man tweeted out, Attention, if you are making YouTube content, do not say the word, the C word, in your video. Just had two videos hit with timestamps where the C word is spoken. Your video will likely get demonetized if you say that word. My heart bleeds for Australia right now. And so I responded down here. Tis sad, one of my fave videos got age-gated over it. They consider it a slur against women on the same level as the N-word towards black people and the F-slur against gay people. Being that way for at least a year or two. Or it was before the last policy change. Who knows how they rank it now. So that pacifist video where Trevor is stomping on Johnny and saying C-word, 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 C-word. Once upon a time, that video was monetized fully and perfectly on YouTube. Was that way for at least a year, I'm not exactly sure how long, but it was a policy change that led to like any instance of the C word, even just in written form, being enough to instantly demonetize your video. I had a chaos video where it was in the subtitles that they said the C word, because I took out the, the voice because I knew it was uh, something that YouTube didn't like, but in the subtitles it was still there, instant demonetized, two hour long video. America just really, really hates that word. Now understand, YouTube has, since December, whatever, changed their policies in regards to how they are cracking down on uh, swear words. So maybe they don't consider it on the same level as the M word or the F slur anymore. But it does seem they've become harsher on swear words rather than more lenient. So I think it's probably about the same place in their policies anyway. But yeah, it is annoying and potentially racist against Australians. <laughs> Not really, of course, but yeah, it sucks. Are my speedrunning days over? So Mystery Biscuits points out, you changed your Twitter bio, no longer a speed slash challenge runner. Crazy Carpet, Gamer, Rambler, Adobe user slash hater. <laughs> Before it said, what did it used to say? I'm pretty sure just GT5 speedrunner, challenge runner or something. Crazy Carpet in reference to me being called Matter. <laughs> yeah, I just thought this is more in line with what I'm doing these days. I still think of myself in part as being a speedrunner, but it's obvious that it's been so long since I've like submitted a speedrun that thinking of myself as predominantly a speedrunner is probably silly at this point. I always talk about getting back into it, but I am more interested in being entertaining than I am in being a good speedrunner these days. And I've gotten older and I'm so out of practice, it's very hard to compete. It'll come up when I talk about the whole fiasco with uh, unnamed and uh, no damage, but one of the things that brought me so much despair throughout the entirety of the no damage saga was the knowledge that I was falling further and further behind the other speedrunners. That no damage didn't allow me to practice many of the skills necessary to be a good speedrunner, especially the movement tech. And with every passing week, I knew I was getting worse and worse and worse relative to everyone else. And it filled me with a lot of dread and despair, thinking that Potentially, no damage was like the last thing I'd be able to do because I would just never be able to catch up again in speedrunning. And that has largely come to fruition. I love speedrunning. I love the speedrunning community and I read everything that people write in the speedrunning Discord. But it's obviously the case that I'm not as active in speedrunning as I was before. Calling me a challenge runner is more fair. 
Especially because speedruns are a form of challenge run after all. But who knows, maybe one day I'll be back into it. We'll see. Probably best to leave speedrunning behind. I get the impression that you don't just want to speedrun. You want to be good, not just good, but at the top good, which would take away too much time for you to accomplish, if even possible. Exactly, Svenno. It is quite hard to be entertaining and engaging and create content out of my runs that people actually want to see when I'm doing basically the same thing over and over again. The absence of an ethical foundation is an asset in becoming successful. Recently, I've been presented with a lot of videos from ClicksPhilip, a YouTuber that uh, I've talked before many times about who I quite like his content. He has this channel where he just talks about his thoughts about, you know, the most random of things. How to bed like me, how, why he has this bed, how he sets it up, going random places and stuff. But one of the things that this channel does very well is it documents his life, you know, with the coronavirus and all that stuff. And I've been presented videos of his from like six, seven, eight years ago when YouTube was a much different place. And one of the things that he discussed was people's responses to sponsorships and how at that time he didn't take sponsorships, but they offer so much money that he can't imagine that he will not at some point in the future take sponsorships and how it's ridiculous the amount of money that these gambling companies can offer people to sell out effectively and, and sponsor gambling. And he talks about how it makes him feel that a lot of these people, they can just take these huge sponsorships, take all this money, and if they receive backlash, it's like, who cares? At the end of the day, they'll be living the high life in absolute luxury, and there'll be some people on the internet mad, but they'll go the rest of their life just not caring, because that's just how some people are. For the people who don't have this sort of inner feeling where they feel bad when they harm others, like the sky is the limit in terms of how much money you can make on these online platforms. Just take any scam, any gambling sponsorship, just re-upload other people's videos. Who cares? You just make so much money. And people like me, people like ClicksPhilip, are hampered in our ability to capitalize on our circumstances because we have a conscience. We feel bad. We don't like to negatively impact others. At every point, we're like shackled. We go, is this right to do? Is this fair? As like an Asmongold is just like sprinting down the road, not shackled by such considerations. It's just a frustrating thing to reflect on that one day you might not be doing well and you look back and go, man, I could have just taken a huge check, cashed out. Sure, some people on the internet may be mad. Some people may be negatively impacted, but I've sacrificed living a good life free of any cares or considerations for some higher morality, some higher care for others. Was that really the right thing? All judgments are formed with incomplete knowledge. So TGG has tweeted out something that I've expressed myself quite a few times in various ways. Thoughts of the day, being a creator can be so weird, man. People only see 10 minutes of highly edited footage of you, then form an image in their head about you. Some people decide they love you, some hate you, but none of them actually have a clue what you're really like. So I've said this before, but eventually I came to realize that this is just life. You meet someone at a party for 10 minutes. They look you up and down, they assess every aspect of you, they judge every word that you've ever said, and then they have an impression of you that they might hold on forever. They may forget every part of that interaction. And then like a year later, someone will ask you, oh yeah, that guy, he seemed like a bit of a tool really. Can't remember why, but yeah, I don't really like that guy. It is debatable to what degree anyone really knows anyone else. It's debatable what degree, to what degree you even know yourself due to the inherent bias in that you want to perceive yourself in a particular way. You want to perceive your actions in a particular way in, in relation to your own emotional needs and whatnot. It's understanding people in general is hard. 
Like as a rule, you recognize that you should just give people more credit. When you meet a person and if they're acting poorly or whatever, you should be like, well, you know, I don't really know them. Maybe they're having a bad day. Like you should wait for a lot of information before judging a person, but, you, but it's so hard to do that. Like that Theo person we just talked about before, multiple tweets coming off as a massive tool entitled petulance, maybe he was having a bad day. Maybe there's some underlying information that I don't know. Maybe he isn't as bad a guy as he came across in those tweets. It was just one day of his life and I'll never know. I just think this issue is more prevalent for successful content creators. Like we see it more often, this becomes more obvious to us because there's just so many people. It's just so many opportunities for people to have snap judgments of you as a person. People dip in and out of your life as a content creator taking away impressions that can be completely divorced from who you actually are. And there's nothing you can do about it. And for a long time, it has caused me so much distress. And it still does cause me a little bit of distress, to be honest with you. But I'm doing my best to make my peace with it. It is just a part of the job. Someone in chat there said they'd be very disappointed to find out that I was actually a jerk. I'm a jerk sometimes. I'm sure there are many instances in my life where I've been uncaring when I should have cared, when I've inadvertently harmed others, maybe even times where I've been bitter and intentionally harmed people. Who knows? These are instances that I would obviously not want to remember because I have an invested interest in seeing myself as a good person. But I'm not perfect. I've likely rationalized to myself things that I shouldn't rationalize. I try to remember that knowing a bit about psychology as I do and human behavior, it doesn't make me immune to the failings that everyone falls victims to uh, on occasion. I just try and stop occasionally and go, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? I try to second guess myself, introspect, think about my place in the world. But I, yeah, I'm not perfect. If you could see me all time, all day, every day, I, I, you would occasionally see me be a jerk. That's just life, really. I would say a lot of people think you're a tool map because of your stance on the reaction content, even though you are a good person. Yeah, I often ask people, every drama that I've been involved in, what motivated me to get involved? And it's usually a belief that someone has been treated unfairly. That there's some injustice happening, where someone is being taken advantage of. As I've said to many people, we each have conflicting motivations. I am a person who strongly wants to keep my head down and to not cause people to focus on me personally, which may be weird for you to hear from a YouTuber, but I like people focusing on my work rather than me personally. And the other thing I'm motivated to do is to call out things I see as unfair, unjust, when I believe people are being taken advantage of. And these things will often butt heads in really strange ways in which you'll see me make compromises between these two things. Like when I released a 14-page document rattling off my, off the top of my head thoughts about a recent injustice as I saw it. A person fully into combating that injustice would have spent weeks making a YouTube video to reach the most people possible, would have added 800 people on every social media. But I didn't do that. I just released the text document because I had to find a compromise between these two feelings where I wanted to combat the injustice but I didn't want people to focus so much on me and make me feel uncomfortable. Didn't work out that way. Almost didn't. It's as I often say, when it comes to actions that people take, it is possible to postulate many different potential motivations to explain that behavior. And depending upon your particular biases or, or you know, just what you want to be the case, you can lean towards particular motivations so you can maintain your image of a person. People who want me to be a drama whore, terrible human being will just assume that anything I do is just for clout, even though that's never the case. They'll assume I'm malicious, that I'm insincere, that I'm full of hot air. Where people who want to believe me to be a good, righteous person will either take my word for it as to my motivations or will themselves assume these things without even hearing me say them because they want to believe I'm a good person. 
even when they might disagree with me. The world is a complicated place. People are complicated. Behavior is complicated. I have a new dedicated page all about me. So I do not have a Wikipedia page, despite having 200 odd instances of events in my life and as being a content creator, despite having a million subscribers and stuff, despite having like a billion views, still don't have an actual Wikipedia page. But there is something else that most creators have, and it's uh, a page on Wikitubia. So this page for a long time didn't exist. And the reason for that is because it leaked sensitive information about me. But then eventually, I, not having a page, I felt kind of left out. Like, I mean, most creators have a Wiki, Wikitube page, so I let it go back up. And I went to check it like three weeks ago, and most of the information on it was entirely out of date. Had been updated like a year ago, maybe more. And it also had a section on my controversies that was like the most poorly written thing I've ever seen. Factually inaccurate, out of date, terrible. And so my response was like, well, delete this fucking thing then, because I'd rather have no page at all than have one that's out of date and inaccurate, right? But my mods were kind enough to update it and talk about my life, update actual things about me and whatnot, various things that I've done. One thing, though, is I personally wrote the controversy section about my reaction content criticism. I got to the end of this and I'm like, okay, that's so long that no one's going to read it. I, of course, was honest. I, I said, This section was written entirely by Dark Viper AU, who has chosen to write in third person due to it being easier to read in this format. This was done to correct the outdated, inaccurate, and often irrelevant section originally posted here. I want to write another section in the controversy section, being like, The controversy behind Dark Viper AU's Wikitubia page. <laughs> and just <laughs> explain everything that I just explained to you here. <laughs> I don't know to what degree people use these Wikitubia pages, right? I don't like the idea when people Google me that they can be presented with things that are entirely false. For example, if you do Google me, if you scroll down somewhat, eventually you'll be presented with like Reddit posts related to dramas in the past. Those Reddit posts are some of the most inaccurate things I've ever seen. Stuff wildly out of context, written with absolute malicious intent to the degree that I don't think a single one of the top comments on those pages understands what I was actually saying or why I did what I did. And it annoys me to this day that those things will still represent me to millions of people potentially. And one of the reasons why I want to do the iceberg video is to have some formal refutation of that bullshit. But I recognize worrying about all this stuff, spending so much time on this is just a complete waste of time. Like business-wise, an iceberg video talking about my history is not the best move. I'm sure the video would do okay, but in terms of effort to reward, not good at all. There are so many things that I want to do emotionally, and they often conflict with each other. Like, I want to do well as a YouTuber, but I also don't want people saying bullshit about me on the internet. But if you want to be a successful YouTuber, you got to accept that people are going to say bullshit about you on the internet. So basically, one day, when I'm retiring, I will make an iceberg video. I will make a sort of documentary on my life. Reveal all all the dramas, all the weirdness, all my thoughts, all my motivations. And you'd have to stick around long enough to see it, I suppose. Am I going to make a documentary about my life? Matt, you should make a documentary about the journey from GTA speedrunner to big Twitch streamer, making fun of my Oko series and popularized GTA chaos. I believe the iceberg video that I eventually want to do will eventually do all that. The problem with the iceberg video is it's really long. There's something like 200 instances in here of all this obscure lore about my life 
and my life as a content creator. It'd be a really great video, but it'd be ridiculously long. It requires so much effort, and I'm not sure to what degree people would even care about all this stuff. So basically, you're already making a documentary. At the very least, I, I know all the stuff that will be uh, included in it. 